0: Make a relationship with them, uh, and then and and get to work.
1: You're listening to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show, a podcast that discusses the intricacies of real estate investing with your host Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the Equity King. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Hey, welcome everybody. I want to welcome you to another We Love Equity Real Estate Show. And today I have Jamil Damji. And Jamil man is really doing some things he's here in my local market in phoenix but actually you know which i didn't know he is considered the godfather of wholesale (laughs) um so you got the equity king and you got the godfather right here you know very cool (laughs) so um just to give you a little background about uh, jamil so he started um as a solopreneur moving from la here to phoenix Uh, Now works with his sister and two friends, Hunter and Josiah, where they run Keegley, a 30 plus employee real estate wholesaling company and Empire. Man, they are crushing it, doing some things. They are across seven different markets. So you've probably seen them not only here in Phoenix and Tucson, but in Houston, Dallas, Tampa, Orlando, um, Atlanta, Las Vegas, man, what are you guys not doing? That's what I want to know. <laughs>
0: That's fun. Um, well, what we're not doing is uh, making excuses. <laughs> no, gotcha. no, we're uh, we're we're absolutely enjoying the the fruits of this market. Um, and you know the business model itself, right? The the beauty of wholesaling is being able to transact, um, make money uh, in an up and a down market, and so. Uh, we've, we've been very blessed to have some very good systems. Uh, I've got, you know, the most amazing business partners uh, a guy could ever ha- have that have <clears throat> helped not only create uh, this sustainable wholesaling business, but uh, scale it, you know. Um, and so I just, uh, I'm, I'm really, I, you know, my, my jokes aside, I'm just very humbled and, uh, and happy to be in the position that I'm in right now.
1: Well, that's cool, man. I didn't know that you was a comedian. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we'll kind of touch
0: on that in the future. But give me a little bit of
1: background, man. How did you get started? Tell me your story. What's your backstory?
0: Very good. So um, I got involved in real estate actually in a different country. I got involved in Canada. Uh, I grew up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Okay. Um, and um, and when I was there, I had uh, I was working in a media company. It was the first. Uh, entrepreneurship sort of uh, venture I'd, I was in. And my business partner at the time, his father was a local home builder <clears throat> and uh, they weren't building spec homes um, in, you know, the suburbs. He was doing what they called infill construction, uh, where they take old bungalows that were on double lots, um, subdivide them so that, you know, the lots would be go from 50 by 120 to 25 by 120. So they Excellent. could put a duplex up there um and so he was just telling me how um you know how hard it was for his father to find inventory to build on and you know i i was looking around and i was seeing uh you know i lived in a neighborhood where these homes existed and i would walk my dog every morning and you know one day i just <clears throat> had the idea uh there was a for rent sign that uh, i just constantly seen on the block um you know this lady was struggling renting this house And, uh, I called her, I called her actually on the third of the month. So, Mm -hmm. you know, she hadn't, she hadn't rented the place yet. Um, and I just legitimately asked her if, you know, she was interested in selling the property since she hasn't been able to find a tenant. And she said, yeah, I would. And you know, um, we talked a little bit, you know, I was really not at all trained on how to do a sale or how to close a seller. So I just get right to it. Right. So uh-huh. I was asking her, um, you know, how much do you want for your house? Um, and she told me she wanted three fifty for the house. Well, you know, I, I was aware that those properties would sell at around 400. That's what the builders were paying for. Okay. So I, I honestly, Marcus, I, I really lucked out. Um, it's one of those just incredible, um, you know, pieces of serendipity, if you will. Um, you know, I put that deal together. I was able to make a $50,000 clip off my first transaction. And and for me, it was just like, there was nothing like that ever again. And, you know, I, I, that was the, that right there to me was like what entrepreneurship is about, right? Just feeling the need. Um, And really not having a formal understanding of what you're doing, just trying to do your best to do more and and to connect dots. And so, um, you know, fast forward, I'm here now. And it it all started from that one transaction. One deal. So there's
1: a couple of key things that you that you touched on there. And that was, hey, you didn't know it, but you had your eyes open for those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I tell people is, hey, you don't have to know the whole complete way to transact you know a deal but you have to know what you're looking for you know and that's one of the things that you did and you made it 50 grand off of it so man congratulations to you on that first pop! thanks
0: man and you know it wasn't easy like that ever you know ever again right So, (laughs) so that was like but it showed me that it was possible it showed me that this is a real thing that um you know if I just continued to work on that process and work on uh, you know what that model was that it would turn into something uh, you know great eventually and and it has
1: gotcha gotcha so you saw the opportunity you took the opportunity and ran with it so what did you do once you made that $50,000 did you go and buy you a BMW did you go and buy you a Mercedes what did you No.
0: Do? so I, I was using that uh, that as seed money basically for earnest deposits um, and so uh, you know, very quickly, I, I, well, I transacted a lot of those 50 by 120, 125 lots for, you know, for some time after that. Um, and then I graduated into larger properties, right? So I went from transacting on lots to apartment buildings, and I would sell apartment buildings to developers who were condo converting them. Okay. And, and so I did that for some time. Uh, and, you know, the wholesale fees on, a, on an apartment building can be 100 k and no one's even batting an eye at it right? <clears throat> when you're talking larger buildings, larger dollar values, you know, for someone to see a hundred thousand dollar assignment fee on a HUD, um, or, or, you know, a hundred thousand dollar profit being made on a sale. It really didn't bother anyone. You know, yeah. I, you, they were like, okay, that's the cost of, cost of
1: doing, business. doing business.
0: Right. And so, uh, I did that for some time. Um, you know, really stacked up our, our revenue, uh, sorry, you know, our cash. And then, um, my sister and I decided to venture into actually doing the condo conversions ourselves. And that's ultimately, that was our undoing. <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> um, yeah.
1: So, so that was your undoing. What happened? Did you get into some bad deals or? Yeah.
0: Well, I wouldn't call them bad deals. See, uh, Canada is a great country, but when it comes to real estate laws um, and, and how the government protects larger banks um it's in my opinion um not conducive to uh you know a free market enterprise it's not conducive to um to really you know fair play it's a lot of double dealing it's um okay. and 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 you know it's and it's backed by the government right and so the the uh, we were involved in some condo conversions the lending company the lender on on those deals they kind of forced us to use them um with on our pre-sales so they would want us to set up a sales center in our building and then and then try and push consumers to use them for their mortgage and if and if we could do that and if we could sell out 50 percent of our building on pre-sales they would then um give us financing and they have to be the lender on it right and so um with that said we had gotten involved and done some deals and we had some successful condo conversions where we made great money and then, um, we kind of went all in and had four going at the same time now meanwhile i don 't want to i don 't want to try and deflect from our own uh, errors here yes there's some um, there 's some practices or there 's some laws that i don 't agree with in terms of how real estate 's conducted in in Canada um, mm-hmm. and how the banks work, but we were just you know inexperienced and and with that said, I didn't really know how to, how to handle you know, a restructure or how to, how, to, how to handle that type of a, a failure. And when the credit crisis happened, essentially what the banks were doing is recalling all those approvals. And so we were, con- we, we were basically financing the construction off of those pre-sales, which they now considered null and void. Null and void. And they're the ones who who lent based off those pre-sales.
1: Right, so right. They
0: recall all those loans, and then they wanted everybody to re-qualify. But now, in the re-qualification time, process, no one's no re one
1: Right, no one can Because qualify. the
0: banks weren't qualifying them. So, essentially, because we couldn't debt service, uh, and because those pre-sales were null and void now, they called in the loan. Gotcha, gotcha. And so, we were there, you know, in, unable to repay those loans because – you know, you see how you can get yourself in that spot, right? To catch 22 because they're pulling the rug out from underneath you and then asking you why you're on the ground.
1: Ground, right, right. Right?
0: And so, um, you know, we went through it and we lost a lot of money and um, my family had to really uh, come together, which we did. And it just, now I look back at it as some of the most amazing time I ever had in my life because – I was forced out of, um, you know, I, I was forced back in with my family. I was, okay. I, I, you know, I was, I was a young guy. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't think I would have ever gone back home to mom and dad, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I would have never had that time to spend with them, you know, yeah, and uh, and really connect again, you know, for after childhood with my parents and my sister and all that. So, I mean, I it was tough, but. Yeah, you had it.
1: to you had to pivot, man. And that's yeah. that's one thing that's that's important is you got to learn, hey, when you get to that crisis point, you know, how am I going to strategize and move on from here? Correct. So, now since the bank has basically pulled the rug out from under you guys and and you you're now you went through your boohoo period and now it's like, okay, I got to get back to work. What did you do in order to, you know, pull yourself back up by your bootstraps?
0: Well, I had uh I I'd started just dabbling back in real estate again in Phoenix, Arizona. I, I moved to LA uh, after the crash and I went to pursue a career in comedy. And okay. that's where that happened. Cause I was just like, you know what? Life is kind of funny. Um, all of uh-huh. this is really funny. And um, I just took the pain and, and figured out a way to transmute that pain into uh, some form of joy. Something. Right. And, um, And it worked you know we laughed and i did i did all right in it i mean i don't i don't think i'm going to be a touring comedian ever again or you know anytime soon but i i put my best foot out there i tried my hardest and in the meantime you know i'm living in la at this point and la is super expensive to um you know to be in and so wholesaling or or my involvement in real estate again in phoenix arizona happened by accident so what we were Mm -hmm. my sister and i were doing is we were buying these very inexpensive condominiums in in Phoenix at the time, uh, they were like two thousand four, two thousand five built with granite counters and really nice, you know, accoutrements inside of it. Um, and then uh, we could pick these things up for like thirty k, mm-hmm. and I could rent them out for eight nine hundred dollars a month. Yep. And so you know, here I am looking at Brent in Los Angeles, which you know, at the downturn of a market. Was like three grand.
1: Right, right. Twenty right? five hundred, three grand.
0: Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm at like three grand. So i I look at this and I think, okay, so, essentially, if I can accumulate four or five of these condos uh, and rent them out at eight or nine hundred dollars a month, um, I can subsidize my life here, right? Exactly. And so exactly. that's what I did. And you know, we just kept buying these condos, um, and then you know, by accident. I had uh, hired, uh, you know, an unscrupulous pop- property manager who was pocketing cash rents instead of actually giving me the rents because I was, you know, out of state.
1: Right, right. And so okay. when I'd
0: ask, hey, you know, how are we doing for vacancies? He, he would just say, it's really bad out here, man. Like, there's no one renting anything. Um, oh, you know, it's just, I can't fill these doors. and 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 I was starting to get worried, and so I made the drive and, um, you know, knocked on some doors, and every one of them was full. Was full. Yeah, (laughs) and they were all paying cash and getting a discount to pay cash, right? And so, um, you know, I had a conversation with him, and he left pretty fast after that. And uh, I just had had to take over.
1: So not to cut you off, but so you went through that downturn in Canada. You transitioned to L.A., how did you, what kind of financing did you use or how did you structure, you know, your acquisitions on your properties here in Phoenix?
0: So, um, great question. So, uh, my sister at the time, she was doing some, some work in, uh, Regina, Saskatchewan. Um, that's in Canada. Yep. We had, we had very luckily, um, purchased one small apartment building for my father. Um, Okay. And uh, kind of his retirement gift. And it was all we had left. Okay. And so it was like the one thing which was kind of a throwaway for us. Like, I wouldn't, I don't want to call it a throwaway because it, it, it cheapens what we did for my father. But, but really we were just like, Hey dad, well, we're going to do something cool for you. Cause we have money and we're going to do this. Cause we're, you know, we think we're good kids. Um, uh-huh. You know, meanwhile, I had I basically because of our, our financial calamity. Um, my, my dad lost his home, <laughs> right? Wow. So, okay. So here was this one protected asset cause it was in another state. It was in another like state province, they call them up there, but okay. in another province they couldn't, that it, it, they couldn't attach to it. So they couldn't take it from him. And so my sister built our business back up off of that one oh, that small one property building. And so she turned it around um and flipped it made some cash i was making some money in la and in comedy as well and so um just you know taking some of those funds taking the funds that she was she was getting we were buying these little condo units and and that's how that was being it was all cash at that point and we didn't have a lot of it but um you know it was enough
1: yeah, you was just repurposing that cash, man, and and got you back up on your feet. So,
0: Correct.
1: smart move, smart move. So now during that downturn, man, during that time did you ever think about giving up? Did you ever think about saying, you know what? I'm just going to focus on on comedy and not deal with real estate anymore.
0: You know I ha- I I have never disclosed this to anybody <clears throat> and I'm going to um All right,
1: all right. Hot take
0: yeah, here, huh? It's a hot take. I'm, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's. It, I'm inspired to share it. So uh, I went through a dark phase. You know, I had been. I went through a really dark phase. I got into a car crash, um, and uh, you know, almost lost my life in that accident. I broke my neck, and uh, you know, I was I was in a really bad place. And um, you know, when you're when you're physically hurt like that, the doctors just love to give you all kinds of uh, medications. Yeah. yeah. And so I found myself at my lowest. Um, you know, staring at an empty bottle of Icodin, uh, and, and I washed it all down with, uh, with a bottle of vodka one night. And I wrote a note. Oh, wow. Um, but I woke up.
1: All right. Still had purpose left in you, man.
0: I I woke up and, um, that was it. That was it. (laughs) I was just like, I can't even do this. Right. You know, this is right. So, so, so now what, you know, if I can't even do this, um, then what, what am I really like? There's obviously something more for me here. There's obviously, um, yeah. I, I, you know, so come on, man, just you
1: still had you, had, you still had some purpose left, man. You still had something to do.
0: 100%. And so that was tough, dude. That was a real hard low. You know, I, I don't, I don't know that it gets any lower than that. So yeah, did I ever feel like giving up? Of course, and I don't want to advocate to anybody taking that that selfish, terrible way. Um, you know, just because I I, I was that low, um, you know, doesn't it's not doesn't serve as an example, but it does serve as the for the example of um, you know when you have something to do, uh, God's not gonna just let you not. That's right. Your purpose.
1: That's right. You, you hit it right on the head, man. If you still got purpose left in you, you're going to have to keep going until you fulfill that purpose. Correct. You know, so um, now since you've rebounded, what do you think was your biggest impact? Which transaction was the biggest impact in your career so far?
0: <clears throat> the one that I made the most, that, the one that I made the, the littlest amount of money on. Um, and, and and this is why and so um, You know that first transaction was awesome and that that catapulted my whole career, right? But let's talk about while we're in the business um, a lot of times as wholesalers our eyes get larger than our appetites or We we just we we look at a deal and we think I just want to I just want to do this one I just want to I just want to make I want to take this all the way and I want to and I want to make the full swing right yeah. Um, and so what ended up happening was um, uh, uh, somebody you might be familiar with uh, and myself, Chris Iman. I don't know if, you, if yep. you're familiar, yep. with him.
1: familiar with Chris. Yep.
0: So awesome dude. Him and I get involved in a, a four acre land purchase um, in Arcadia. And, um, you know, we it's Arcadia light, but OK. And so we 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 buy it. We we contract it. Um, we have an opportunity right off the hop. Mm-hmm. To make a hundred thousand dollars and wholesale it and and just be done with it, and him and i are are going through the math and you know we're not builders, we're not developers right um, right oh you know, it's we're not organized like that, our organizations don't understand the processes that mm-hmm. you go through to run entitlements and to you know right. take a piece of land from dirt to rezone Birded, you know yeah. to then change it into lots and you know like all of the then, then learning that builders don't care um, what you've done because they all want to build their own product. So, any time and money that you've spent getting entitlements is a waste because builders just want to put what they want on there. Um, and so, uh, that one I think was our biggest, my biggest lesson because um, I, I held that with Chris for a few years. I, I was about $312,000 in hard money payments wow on that lot and uh i think at the end of the day we made like nine bucks
1: (laughs) you know what one thing that i learned and you and me both we know gabe and uh one thing he always told me he was like sometimes man you just go ahead and take the slow the fast nickel you know and um Leave the slow down because it's too many risk, risk measures in between there. And right. You could have walked away, you know, you grand. yeah, could have walked away with 50 grand a piece yeah. and been happy, you know, but you wanted to try and do something new. I mean, kudos for trying to trying to learn and expand, you know, your your thinking and your, yeah. your education. <laughs> but wow, it cost you, you know, 100 grand in order to do that.
0: Yeah, it was like, you know, I I was making this mortgage payment, these hard money payments every month. And I got married in that time, oh, right? Wow. <laughs> and so my, you know, my my wife marries a guy with an eleven thousand dollar a month nut, basically, that <laughs> has to get covered before we do anything else, right? Right. Um, and so challenge. <laughs> you know, exactly, like exactly. It was a challenge. Yeah. Just got through it though.
1: Yeah, I mean that that inverse that adversity man is what what helps build and everything like that. So now you talked about hard money. Was that the like the primary source of your funding or was that just some of the sources that you use? One of the sources?
0: Yeah. So um, you know, as I've been growing and building, I, I'm I'm a big saver, right? So um, you know, I, I I I do have a few nice things, but for the most part, uh, I really, really like to, to hang on to my money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we do, what my sister and I have done really well. In fact, what Josiah I and myself, Hunter, and my sister have all done really well is, um, is just stay very grounded in our means, um, and, and disciplined with, with what we do with our funds. So, so we're, we're very much cash based. Um, okay. we, we don't like leverage. We'll close in cash. It's our funds. Um, but you know, primarily until I got to this point, hard money was what I was using. Yes.
1: Okay. So you were using a lot of hard money um, right. in order to build your portfolio. Um, how many years or how long did you use hard money before you started just using all private private capital?
0: Uh, I would say, so I met Noah Brocious of Capital Fund, uh, who was my original lender and still mm. is if I ever need it. Um, I met I met him in 2013, and I okay. think you know about good three years I was turning with hard money. Yeah, okay. and you know just I would say for your audience, really find a lender you love, make a relationship with them, uh, and then and and get to work. If you guys can trust each other, if your lender can trust you to make good decisions, and you can trust your lender to fund, you're unstoppable.
1: Perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's the thing. You just got to have access to capital. And um, when you had access to capital, then you can really make some things happen. But you got to know your numbers. Yep. You know, you got to know what you're doing. So you went from that to now you guys are doing 70 to 80 deals a month. You yeah, know, wild, right? the nation. Yeah, dude. How did you guys grow to that point? You know, you, your sister, Hunter and Josiah. Let's kind of dive
0: into that. So, um, a lot of that I will have to give credit to, uh, my two partners, Hunter and Josiah, you know, they're very organized, systematized, uh, people. Um, everything they do is driven by automations and efficiencies. And so they, they took, um, my practices, things that I was doing to generate deals and, you know, find buyers and do that. And they, and they automated it and they systematized it so well that you know, we were able to grow, like, you know, our team, our team is near 40 people now. And um, every person in here runs our techniques, runs our processes, uh, and and you can, you know, once you get through the licensing part of uh, of coming to work for Kegely, um you can start doing, you know, five deals-ish a month, uh, you know, per rep, uh, very quick.
1: So now is everybody licensed agents? Yep. Okay. Um, cause I know you guys are doing it across the country. So is everyone licensed in Florida, Texas, and Arizona?
0: Yeah. Yes, so our, uh, our team members that work in, in different States will be licensed in those States.
1: Okay. Okay. So then yeah. you guys have a small brokerage in each one of those States.
0: Yeah. And I, I wouldn't call it a brokerage. We always hang under a brokerage. Okay, Uh, but uh, but we do have, um, you know, have your teams. We have our team, and we and we we get licensed just for legalities, you know. Very important when you're when you're talking price, when you're negotiating terms uh, with with the general public, then regulators uh, sorry regulators really want to make sure that you understand your fiduciary responsibility, how to disclose, what to disclose, when to disclose. Um, and so for us, the, the key was just being, uh, above board with however, with exactly how we operate, you know, we, we, we don't take any chances and we don't want to play rogue.
1: Yeah. And that, and that's key. And that's, you know, a lot of wholesalers, that's normally the big question. Uh, actually it's two big questions first. Hey, do you find a buyer or the deal first? And then the next is, do I get licensed or not get licensed? You know, um, I've always been a strong proponent for getting licensed. I'm a licensed agent, you know, here in Arizona. And like you said, it just limits those legalities, man. You cover yourself and um, that way you can do business with integrity, you know, and keep yourself going. So how are you guys managing all of these deals? Where do you guys, I mean, I know you don't want to give up your secret sauce or anything like that. That's cool. (laughs) But how are you guys managing your team and how you guys are you finding deals primarily through, you know, cold calling, through direct mail? Sure. Sites? Are you driving traffic?
0: So we, we get a lot of our deals from a process that we call targeted outreach. Um, and so, um, you know, a lot of that is done by email um, or, or some text message. You know, as long as we, we scrub everything for, um, you know, the do not call or do not communicate That's list, right? We make sure that we're not. Um, you know, talking to people that don't want to be reached out to. Um, and then, from there, uh, that's the portion of our act. but a good a, a real strong portion of our acquisitions come from being very good at dispositions, right? we're We're known across the country as the people you take your deal to to move it. And so the thing is, is, you know, the educators are teaching a lot of acquisition heavy uh, programs, right? <clears throat> Which is good. Good for us. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is that what that creates is this vacuum where you've got young cats out there that just learned how to, you know, generate leads, contracting deals that they can't fulfill. Can't
1: move, yeah. They
0: can't move or they can't close and then they cancel out and it, and it creates more gray area for the business model. It creates more, more, more um, unhappy customers, right. um, people not trusting the model because of you know, some, some bad performers out there. And I think most people get into it with all the right intentions. Um, I think just the, the inability to know, um, look, that whole idea that if the deal's good enough, it'll sell itself. Mm -hmm. That's just what educators say so that they don't have to answer. How do I move the the deal? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Because their, their success is on how many contracts could you get? Okay, but are those contracts converting into sales? Sales. And if they're not, there's no check, man. And if there's yeah, no check, yeah. then what's the point? True, true. Why are we spinning tires here?
1: You're doing all of that acquisition work for no reason because you're Correct. not doing the disposition on the back end. So yeah. you guys are, are doing a lot of JVing, I'm assuming.
0: We do a lot of options. Um, uh, and so, you know, what that'll allow us to do is because we, we can sell for more money than anyone else out there too right? Our list is strong. We're not just going after your, you know, your um, fix and flip guy that's like just numbers driven, trying to beat the price down, maximize profits. Mm-hmm. We sell to hedge funds, we sell to REITs, we're selling to portfolio owners, you know, so we, or even just dudes with Ferraris and Lambos and Rolexes that have disposable income and want to, you know, protect their capital. Look, capital protection right now, is one of the key driving indicators or forces that that people are using um to invest in real estate that's what's driving Mm -hmm. them into the real estate market is because we've got currency problems man like yeah just this morning china devalued their currency and our dow's tumbling right now right i mean we dropped (laughs) 800
1: points points yeah yeah
0: and so um that's scary for people that are very liquid because if we start to see problems with the American dollar, um, and you don't have some form of protection, capital protection vehicle for that money, inflation could have you just run yourself yeah. into a problem, right? Um, and so, what we see a lot of people do is they park their money in real estate. Because look, even at its worst, even when when real estate tanked, which it did in two thousand, you know, eight. Eight. Yep. So it tanks in two thousand eight, and in 2018, we have the highest market we've ever had. So what does that tell you? That tells you that this is a fantastic capital protection vehicle.
1: Yep. At its
0: worst, you've got a 10-year cycle before yep. you've, you know, you've, you've you hit back. replacement. So a lot of very intelligent people see that as uh, an opportunity for them to just be able to sit back, hold their money in something that's not gonna, you know, devalue itself. Housing is always needed. Yep. Um, And so we sell to all types of buyers. And because of that, uh, we can get more money. So we have people, you know, we're like the record label, right? There's artists out there and then there's the label. The artists need the label for distribution um, and marketing, right? And so that's what we are. We're the, basically we're the label for,
1: the, the wholesalers. Well, that's a, that's a good position to be in, man, because then you guys don't have to focus on so much marketing and acquisition, you know, right. you guys just focus on the disposition side and you have other wholesalers bringing you the deals.
0: Of course, You guys yeah. just move them. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. And I, you know, i I'm just, just to let you know and tell your audience, you know, our marketing budget for all of 2018 and 2019. Wow. Zero. Not one piece of mail sent, not, you know, one dollar in pay-per-click spent, um, you know, not, not one bandit sign put out. Sold actually, actually the, Josiah put one of his own bandit signs <laughs> out so he could run it over.
1: Wow! So just, you guys want to be
0: specific about it. That's so all. You
1: guys are really <laughs> leveraging your your relationships. You know? Correct. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a smart move. Very smart move. So people, you hear that, man? You have to get out. You have to build rapport. You have to network. You know, with people. You can't just sit behind your desk and try and evaluate deals and stuff like that. But you have to get out in the community. And I'm a victim of that myself. You know, I've been doing quite a bit of analysis. You know, on these different markets. And lately I've been saying, hey, you know what? I got to get back out. You know, got to get from behind the desk because like you said, hey, where you been at? You know, nice. so got to get back out there. And that's, that's a big thing. Um, so what's next? Jamil, you guys are doing 70, 80 deals a month. What's next, man?
0: So, you know, for us, you get to a point where, um, you know, I, 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 I want to do a deal in every market. I want to do a deal in every major city, and and short of being a franchise, there was uh, there was really wasn't a way to do that. And then Josiah, who has an education background, <clears throat> having interned, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, at Clever Investor a long time ago, um, he put together probably one of the most fascinating and, and amazing programs, astro flipping, um, <clears throat> and so that's basically the Kegley blueprint you know, exactly everything we've done from the day we opened our doors to today. And so okay. <clears throat> that's been the next dish that we've been working on. We've really been blessing other lives by just sharing our knowledge, sharing what we do, um, teaching our process to people. And so Astro Flipping has been, uh, you know, a godsend for us because it's, it's, it's allowed me to give back in ways that I uh, never imagined possible. How many lives we've touched with it is just, good, it's mind-boggling to me. And then Uh, On top of that, we just got involved in a skip tracing venture. uh, And so skip vault, um, very high quality data. So we're, you know, we're, we're, we're in that game as well. And so uh, if any of your, your listeners um, you know, if they're interested in the Astro flipping model, it's just go to www.astroflipping.com slash Jamil J A M I L. Or uh, if you are already in the model or in the, in the business model and, you're cold calling or you're texting and you need data and you need it cheap. Um, ours is 15 cents a lead, uh, 15 cents a found record, no minimum. So, you know, if you need two numbers, we can do that. If you, um, you know, you need a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand, we can take care of you as well. And that's just skip vault, S-K-I-P, V like Victor, dot com.
1: Okay. So we have Astro Flipping and Skip Vault, guys, you, you know that information to be down. In the show notes um so with the astro flipping man kind of kind of give me the insight on astro flipping what is it how do you do it where do you get it from very kinda, good uh, give us the meat and potatoes
0: the meat and potatoes is it's uh, it's exactly what we our blueprint is right so we go in it from you know when josiah and i first got together and we were doing like three deals uh to you know when we started to scale what exactly did we did so we go through corporate structure we go through mindset components, right? Um, we, we, we always begin with a mindset component because we know that if this is mush or if you got too many no. subconscious blocks going on up here, there's, there's no chance for your success beyond that. So we, we start with the person first um, and then we, you know, we show people, okay, this is how you buy. This is, this is how you comp. This is how you really make sense of what you can actually pay. Um, then we attach that to exit strategy right so a lot of folks they get really tied into this idea that you know maximum allowable offer is going to be this this like 50% of arv which is what yeah. it you know a lot of educators are teaching it to be which will never get you a deal right you're not going to ever buy a house if you're coming in that low on right, stuff and right. so um we really evaluate based on the exit strategy because we sell so much to institutional buyers that for us uh, we know we can come in at 80 cents on the dollar and, and still make 10, 10 grand on a house just because we've got an institutional buyer for that specific house. So that's what we get into as well. We get into our techniques, our processes, you know exactly what our targeted outreach scripts are, what we say, how we say it, the platforms we use to, to disseminate information. Um, we teach step-by-step every one of the systems. So how to implement them into your business, how to integrate them, and then, you know, exactly how to use them day to day to day to day. Um, we get into high level act strategies. So we talk about list stacking. Um, you know, we really get into deconstructing motivation. Um, you know, motivation is the key, right? If you can understand motivating factors, then uh, you can really, really dial your, acquis- your acquisitions and, you know, fairly targeted that way. And then we, we open the door to the entire DISPO model. How do we find our buyers? Where do we find our buyers? How do we get them to opt into our list so we communicate legally, right? The whole nine. So, gotcha. um, you know, it's all the way from corporate structure, you know, forming your LLC to, you know, when is it, when do you switch to a corporation and and, and what does that look like? Uh, what holding companies for, what are trust companies for the whole, the whole nine. Um, so some of that's basic for people. And then we, and, and all the way right up until like the meat and potatoes of how it is, Keegley can attract 70 to hundred houses a month. Like that's nutty numbers, right? Yeah. yeah Those are that's... nutty, nutty numbers. I dude, you know, I still have people say to me, I don't believe it, you know, uh-huh. and it's okay. I have no problem with that. Right. Let people, them keep
1: I, being non-believers. Yeah, yeah, while I,
0: I've, deals. I've never, I, it's never mattered to me uh, what somebody, you know, believes or doesn't believe. Uh the, the, the fact is I get to check every month, right? right so right. So so whatever, believe what you want. <laughs> you so, know.
1: So let me ask you, um, so guys again, you'll be able to find everything regarding astro flipping and skip vault um again in the show notes. Sound like you got a very good product there, Jamil. I'm gonna actually Thank look you. into it. Myself, man, because I know what you guys are doing. I'm seeing you guys out there on the ground and everything like that, man. So, what do you think is your greatest commodity
0: outside of capital? Gosh, heart. Okay. I mean, every man and woman in here is coming from the best possible place. Sweet. A A thousand percent. Like, I don't have a single shady mf out in you know not one every one of these guys every one of these guys out there is a god-fearing family man or woman just there to help people do business you know um empower themselves empower their families the culture here is just it's it's infectious i was never a come to the office guy Right Right. I, I used to have this gorgeous guest house in the back of my property where I would do my deals, and I'd sit there alone all day long, and um, it was fun. I enjoyed that because I, was, I really just like to be le- left alone. Uh-huh. You know I, I wanted to just do my work and, and, and kind of get to it. <clears throat> but I'm drawn here every day, even though I have no I don't have to be here, even though I, I don't really have to show up to this office because I've got partners and right, right. leaders and people that are handling everything. Um, I come in to see my friends.
1: Yeah. It's your hangout spot now.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> and every one of those guys out there is in the same coming from that same vein. You know, they just, they, they, they feel like it's a family. It is a family. Um, it's, you know, there's, there's some real brother and sisterhood out there.
1: And people try and say that that's hard to find, especially with wholesalers and real estate investors. But there's a lot of genuine people out there that's really trying to help sellers and, 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 and buyers as well. You know, people think that wholesalers all of the time are just about, you know, show me the money and everything like that. But, you know, there are people out there that's really trying to do. The right thing in the industry, you know, and genuinely trying to help the sellers. And man, I know you personally to be one of those good guys. So, you Appreciate know. That, congratulations man. on you guys' success, you Thank know, you. and everything like that, man. <clears throat> and, you know, lastly, before we wrap up, how can we find you? How can we get in touch with you?
0: Awesome. I glad you asked. So I'm on Instagram. So my handle on Instagram is at J D A M J I, at J Damji um, find me on Insta. I'm, I'm terrible at Facebook. So, you know, I I'll get like a hundred requests and then I'll, I'll add everybody every couple months or a month or whatever, but I don't communicate on there very much. If you want to find me, hit me on Instagram. I I respond to DMS and I I respond to everyone. So, so don't be shy. I mean, you know, any of you guys out there that have a question, I don't bite, I'm not going to be, you know, bougie with you. I'm not going to not answer uh, a, you know, a a basic question. I know everyone starts somewhere. And so nothing, um, nothing you say is going to ever offend me. Nothing you say or ask is going to be a waste of my time. Um, Connect with me, get to know me. I'd love to get to know you.
1: Okay, guys, I'll have, I'll have all of Jamil's social media contact in the show notes, man. So Jamil, I thank you. I appreciate you, man. Um, we got to do some more deals together, man. So, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that and get some things going and, and Hey, you might want to stretch out to the Midwest, man. So you definitely got some
0: connection. I love that place, man. That's one of my favorite cities in the U S. So, uh, remember I told you, I got to do deals in every major city. So Chicago's Chicago's next.
1: Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get you on the map, man. and get you going out there. So, Jamil, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, everybody. This is the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. We sure do. With, yep. With Jamil Damji. Jamil, we're signing off. Thanks, Thank man. You, appreciate you. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items, and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney twitter at mrcs maloney and of course ig at mrcs maloney you can also always reach me via email at m maloney at equity make sure you reach out to our guests as well you can always find their contact information in the show notes below if you have not subscribed already what are you waiting for join the family And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com. Also, youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family. Always enjoy the journey.